Hey everybody, welcome back to the Law Attraction Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Graziano, and today we are coming to you with somebody super special, somebody who I've been so excited to bring on the show. She's so unique. She is an acclaimed author, international speaker, clinical psychologist, wisdom teacher, somebody who just brings the fire, the spice, and teaches you what you need to know directly from the source. Today, we are welcoming Dr. Shafali onto the show. Dr. Shafali received her doctorate in clinical psychology from Columbia University. She's an expert in family dynamics and personal development, teaching courses around the globe. I'm sure you've seen her on a stage. I'm sure you've heard of her. I'll tell you a little bit more about her because I know this is someone who's going to intrigue lots of our parents out there today. She's written four books, three of which are New York Times bestsellers, including her two landmark books, the Conscious Parent and The Awakened Family. Even Oprah has said it was one of the most profound books on parenting she has ever read. How cool is that? Welcome to the show, Dr. Shafali. Uh, thank you, Natasha. It's such an honor to be here with your audience and you to talk about the most difficult job in the world. Parenting. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. You know what? It's, it's the funniest thing. It's the most rewarding thing but it's the toughest thing at the same time. When I gave birth to my son, I remember feeling like I was drowning and feeling like, how do I become a better parent? And then easily the iPad slips in. Now he's watching TV all the time. Now he's doing things which I have no control over when I'm not there or even when I am there. He really wants to do it. How, how do you navigate through these situations? How do you become a conscious parent? Well, that's why I wrote this book. It's my latest book. It's called The Parenting Map because people need the map. The parents need a step-by-step -step way to raise their children. And we all want the manual and the kids don't come home with the manual. So this is my contribution to the world by showing parents how they can step-by-step -step evolve into a conscious parent. To become a conscious parent, you have to understand that you're not going to do it the traditional way, like you and I were raised. The traditional way is all about control, fear, guilt, shame, blame, punishment. And there's a whole new way to do it, which is the conscious parenting way, where the parent realizes that the focus is on parenting themselves. Because when we come to the child with presence, with attunement, with wholeness, the child begins to develop their sense of self based on how we are with them. So that attachment is the key to launching our children into empowerment, resilience, and grit. It doesn't, you know, we all want resilient children. We all want wise and connected children, but then we're controlling the heck out of them. So they never get to develop their inner knowing. But this doesn't mean that we need to have them be raised by nannies or the iPad, right? So in today's world, technology is a big deal. Like you're a young mom, technology is everywhere. 
I'm sure you're yelling and fighting about technology all the time because it's become like a surrogate parent. And it's so much better than we are because it's so entertaining. And the kid is getting all these dopamine hits. So these parents even more today have to really be strict about allowing that technological addiction to enter the house. Wow. So it, it's come down to actual discipline. So who do we want our child to be? It's kind of a reflection of us. We must right. be best of who we are and reflect those disciplines. Wow. Interesting way of looking at for sure, because I'm constantly battling with should I allow him to do this am I allowing him to do that what's wrong what's right this book is phenomenal I mean everybody needs the map the, the ultimate maps of parenting it's a topic that we are never taught the one thing we're never taught at school is parenting why why not why do we not get taught finances and parenting because there is this fundamental arrogant narcissistic delusion that our children are ours to own. So we don't need to learn how to do it. They should just follow us. And in that is this controlling element where we believe they are our objects, our puppets, our creations. So we get to create them. What we don't understand is that we need to truly connect to them. And that takes our work. So we can't just give them an iPad and let them be raised by the screens because that is not attuning to them. Conscious parenting takes a lot of attunement and presence. And that's really what I teach in this book, The Parenting Map. What you need to give your kids in order for them to grow up, to be empowered and resilient. It doesn't just happen. You have to put in the seeds so that they can flourish in, in their blooming. But if you don't put in the seeds and spend the effort and the presence and be disciplined about not being distracted yourself, these kids are not going to grow up in, in a way that you want, in the way that you hope that they know themselves. See, that I think is our biggest fear as a parent. How is my child going to turn out? How is my child going to be at 18? Are they going to be a productive member of society? Are they going to be liked at school? Are they going to be popular? But beyond that, who are they going to become? And it comes down to us. I think when we point our finger in life and we say, hey, you're the problem, or like in a relationship, you're the problem. One, two, three fingers are pointing back at me. If you're not watching this right now, I'm, I'm doing a handshake to show when we point a finger, three fingers point back at us. Watch this on YouTube right now if you're not actually watching because you'll you get to see this gorgeous lady's face and all of her energy come through the screen. But more than that, you're going to see my hand gesture. This is it. Three people are pointing back, right? They're, they're literally just pointing back at us. We're the problem. Will you give us a couple of your best tips that are inside the parenting map about how someone can parent in a conscious way? Just a couple of things that are inside the book that we can expect and hopefully then go buy the book and read deeper. So I wrote this book as a journey. And this is what I take my clients on, a journey from the precipice and the abyss of unconsciousness to consciousness. And, and let me just tell you the goal of this book, we're talking about the parenting map. The goal of it is to empower parents to get out of their frustrations, to get out of their uh, controlling behaviors and to really embolden a deep connection with their children. Because all of us are frustrated. We're clueless. We're just winging it. And we don't have a system because like we talked about, we are not going to school. It's unlicensed. It's unsupervised. And we're just thrown into the deep end. And our poor children 
have to suffer it with us. So I wrote it like a journey, three stages. The first stage is all about changing mindset. That's where every journey begins. The second stage is about breaking, disrupting your traditional conditioned patterns. And I'm going to talk about steps in each one. And then the last stage is about deep connection with our children. We all want the connection. We can't do that until we go through stages one and two. So I'm just going to give you a little insight into each stage. So, so stage one is about from frustration to clarity. We have been conditioned to believe that we should raise these perfect, happy, successful children. This is the lie of parenting, bar none. Because the moment we give ourselves the impetus and the burden to create these supersonic, perfect, happy children, we actually create the opposite. We actually diminish them. We cripple them because, like you said, we're so focused on who will they be? How will they be? All future-based and all fear-based. And so we are actually communicating to our children that who you are right now is not good enough. So here, let me tweak you. Let me curate you. Let me paint you and stroke you so you become something that society likes. And you and I know doing self-help that the moment we try to be someone else, we are going to not sustain that. It's We're going to screw ourselves over. So the best thing we can do in self-help is to grow into who we are. And that's what I teach parents in that first stage. And I literally talk about different kinds of children, how to look at them as superpowers and have superpowers and how to embolden them to flourish in that. The second stage is all about your screwed up childhood. And all of us, to some degree or the other, have had a screwed up childhood. And I talk about the five kinds of parents that we can become in our ego. So the five ego patterns of the fighter parent, the fixer parent, I'm a fixer parent, the feigner parent, the freezer parent, and the fleer parent. And I talk about how each type is ruled by an emotion, either anger, anxiety, attention-seeking, uh, avoidance or abandonment. So you get to see your patterns. You get to see how that's messing up your children, how you keep getting triggered in the same way over and over and how to break free. And then the last stage is the connection piece. And I often tell parents, you know, children don't want to behave badly. They are behaving badly because of something inside gone awry. And I use the acronym SIGN S-I-G-N, to refer to something inside gone negative. So if you can realize that children don't have the skills, they don't have the experience, and they don't have the worth right now, then you have compassion for the misbehavior. You're not yelling at your kid, you're understanding your kid, and you're attuning with them rather than reacting to them. So interesting, the five different styles and then the anger piece. I want to unpack both. I'm going to go to the five different styles first. Wow, I didn't realize we all do fall into at least one of those categories. I'm thinking, yeah. oh, I wonder if that's me. Oh, I wonder if that's me. And let's, let's help people to figure it out. I'll help yeah. you. So wow. think of the last time you had a big emotional reaction to your kid, either internally or externally. Do you remember okay. Yeah. Okay. So do you want to share what the event was on the outside? Yeah. Um, so he was out in public 
wasn't listening to me. Um, we were in the park and I was telling him that we needed to leave and he didn't want to leave. And um, it just like went around in circles and I just couldn't physically get him to leave. And then we missed one Uber and then I had to book another one and I still couldn't get him to to leave. And he just was like ignoring me and he can't publicly kind of, you know, like, I couldn't say it very loud and it was just, oh my gosh. And I remember it and I started imploding. And then it was, by the time we got the car, I was like, and then when we got to the car, he slow walked and wouldn't get in it. We missed another Uber. And I was just like, okay, this this is like so frustrating. So then I got so angry. I was like, what are you doing? That's all like, why do you make me like that? So I was like, what are you doing? You're making mommy so angry, but I'm not even an angry person. And I was like, like this is how I, yeah, that's basically my reaction. So beautiful you know in my book the parenting map this one that we're talking about my first yeah. story there's about my daughter not leaving the park <laughs> so Which it must be it must be something that children do <laughs> so let's talk about i'll do an exercise with you and then we'll figure out what your style is okay oh, yay. so why don't you complete the sentence i got triggered that day in the park because my son didn't listen to me Beautiful. So let's do another sentence. I got triggered in the park because my son wouldn't listen to me because he wanted to have his own way. Okay. I got triggered in the park because my son wouldn't listen to me because he wanted to have his own way because he doesn't understand he was upsetting me. Is that? <laughs> I love it. Okay. So 1000 reasons why Natasha got triggered. And what is the cause of your trigger? What What are you telling me the cause of your trigger is? I feel like he doesn't listen to me. Beautiful. So now I heard I feel the first time you said I is right now. All this time you were just like he, he, he. So good. So oh. when you feel not listened to, uh -huh. how does Natasha feel? When Natasha feels not listened to, what does little Natasha feel? Ignored, not yes. cared about. Right. And when she feels ignored, what is the what is the narrative she's telling herself? You're not good enough. Beautiful. Now, all your life, when you haven't felt good enough, what have you tended to do to compensate? Over excel. Beautiful. Overdo it, right? So that day in the park, you were trying in all sorts of ways to over get him into the Uber, but the more you did it, nothing was working, right? And then you finally, what did you do? When you finally got him into the Uber, what did you do? Went, right, right. So you became a fighter, right? You actually reacted. So somebody who is stressed out and is putting all this pressure to be perfect catch this Uber, catch that Uber, and nothing is working out, your style may be to spit out in resentment or rage or explode. Who did you watch in childhood doing this? My mom. Did she, was she an exploder, you would call her? 100%. She was such, she's such a beautiful woman, but she's an exploder. She's so nervous all the time and so anxious about reactions and people's reactions around the outside and people watching and like how you might look to the world and like you know she'll instantly god bless her i love her so much but she'll she reacts you know she just even with my son who's like a son to her 
yeah when he's naughty she does the same you know technique a little bit different now it's a grandchild like loving but but here's you are you are actually ruled more by attention seeking remember in your narrative you were like i was at the park so i couldn't yell because how would it look so you are you are very much about how it looks and you just said your mom is also about how it looks and that's where you overdo the look, right? You want to be like the best and the most gorgeous and the most, and you are, so it works for you, but it comes at a price, right? And then you finally get exhausted and then you probably explode. So, so this pattern is what you need to pay attention to and see how it influences all your relationships. And then you and your son may get into this pattern of you wanting him to look a certain way. And then when he doesn't fit into that, it creates all this panic. And then, of course, we explode with the panic. Do you see other ways that you're trying to to make him look a certain way? Does it sneak into other areas of your life? That's his wardrobe. So I'm, I, you've seen this, I'm sure. I, I buy him the most amazing wardrobe. He has, like, it matches mine. It's so cool. I don't think he's ever worn any of those pieces. He goes in his drawer every day and he takes the same Pokemon t-shirt we have five versions of, the same trackies we have ten versions of. So he just wears the black trackies with the Pokemon top and the blue puffer coat every day. Forget the nice Montclair. Forget the nice, like, the things mommy wants you to wear. Forget it just wears what he wants to wear and I want him to wear the other things. And the more I push the other things, the more he says, no, I don't like it, mom. I'm like, you're six years old. Oh my gosh. So here you go. You are very much into attention seeking, right? You're the mom who wants to look a certain way and that's important (laughs) to you. But you don't have to feel ashamed about it. You have to just recognize it. Listen, we all have a little bit of every type. I want to look a certain way too. So there's no judgment. It's just to identify the patterns because that pattern is your wound. That's where you got affirmation from. So the more you got affirmation for that pattern, the more that is hiding your wound. So your kid is going to poke that wound. So be careful because it's not him. He's just loving the Pokemon and the puffer coat, but you are operating from that wounded place of, oh, can you please look a certain way? And you're going to feel rejected because that's your wound. So this is a, that's what I do in stage two is help parents identify their patterns. And then guess what? You're going to see your kid is going to have his own ego pattern. What do you think your kid is becoming? I think, so you have, what is it? The fighter, the fleer, the fixer, the fighter, the fixer, the feiner, the freezer, and the fleer. Oh gosh. Uh, the fleer. Oh, he just avoids. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So like he he just like, I think that will be him, either the fighter, either the fighter or the fleer. So, okay, he goes to karate session. The first time he ever goes to a class, we usually know this is going to happen. He goes and sits on the side and watches the whole class. So I think that's a fleeing thing. And he doesn't talk about it. He just goes and sits on the side and says, no, 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 no. And pretends to be shy. He's the most unshy thing ever. So that might be it. But also if he doesn't like something, no, I'm not eating that mama. Oh, no, no, I'm not eating that. No, no, I'm not doing that. Like, I don't know. Right. So right now he's still in formation, but I will tell you that kids develop their own ego patterns too. So we need to resist our ego because they're fighting our ego. So when he says no to you, you can become aware of what that brings up in you, what kind of control you want to enter, and how can you release that 
to attune to his spirit. Doesn't mean you're going to give him crack cocaine to eat or drink or smoke or whatever, but you're going to try in whatever way you can to find a way to ally with his authentic spirit rather than dominate him. And through this deep moment by moment connection, your child is going to learn that their voice matters, that that their inner knowing is something they can trust because you are trusting that they can begin to know themselves. And of course, when they're young, we have more control, but later we begin to release control slowly, developmentally, um, and as they grow up. So which of the five do you want to be and do you want your child to be? Or is it a mix equally balanced? No, there's not, that's so cute. All of them are just patterns that we are enacting unconsciously. And all of them are just who we are and just what we develop to survive. So ideally, we want none of them. And ideally, we want to stay centered empowered, grounded, and present, and not engage one of these styles. Because each one of these styles is something to protect us, to get affirmation, something to give us worth. So we don't want to activate any of these. We just want to be present. We just want to be authentic and real and kind and compassionate. I'm learning so much here about parenting. I feel like we're having this amazing almost one-to-one session. You guys listening in, you're so blessed right now. You're getting like this pain point analogy of what is going on in my own parenting skills and styles okay so Rio is going to develop his own you know formation as you say towards who he is and his own ego style and and everything so how would I have handled the park situation better first you need to know that when you take a kid to the park to Disney World to Target to a toy store expect that they are going to not want to leave, right? Expect that they're going to get into it. So as a parent, we need to be prepared that we took them to the park and now because they can't leave whenever they want, they are going to resist our control of them. So we leave a wide buffer for that preparation. We don't just leave 10 minutes, we leave 30 minutes and we we wind them down to leave the park together. And we make sure that we are regulating ourselves because we can be prepared for resistance because they're having such a great time. Who wants to leave the park? They're having a great time. And you've decided according in their mind, you've arbitrarily decided, okay, time to go home, right? So they are going to resist that, especially strong-willed children are going to be like, heck, heck, you're not my boss. I want to be the boss too. So you have to be prepared, create a big buffer, you know, create the next incentives to go. Why are we going to go? We're going to have so much fun in the bathtub. We're going to go home and we're going to do this. And you gently wind them to leave the park. You wean them off the park, but most importantly, you regulate yourself because transitions are extremely hard for children. They are not being difficult. They're not defining you. Transitions are genuinely impossible for children. I mean, even for adults, but more for children. So they're not purposely manipulating you. Their brain seriously cannot jump from one task to the other like you want them to. They are not many adults. So with this awareness, you can then work that into the whole play date or the whole park date. You know, the leaving is as important as the staying. So you have to build that in because you're aware that hey, my kid has a hard time with transitions. So now I know 
and I'm going to have to create that. And another very good way to help children is you role play it. Okay, I'm going to take you to the park, but last time we had a big argument, so mommy doesn't want to argue with you, so let's practice. Mommy's going to say, let's go, and you're going to ignore me, so let's role play how that is going to work. So practice that in the safe environment so that when they are in the real environment, you're giving them the skills. I love that. Literally role playing. So I'd actually rehearse it with them and say, now you're going to say you don't want to leave. Yes, and then you be the kid and make him be the mom and see how hard it is. <laughs> oh, I see. I get it. Okay, that's interesting. So this is really, I mean, taking me to a whole other thing. So, okay, you as a parent, did you find that you did it really well or did you find that you learn on the role or you learn after? Where was your biggest growth as a parent? No, I, I was completely bought into the traditional parenting paradigm for the first two, three years. And it's only when I saw myself unconscious, upset, I didn't like my kid because she was not in my movie. She was not cooperating with my script. She was burning the movie set. I was like, hello, I'm in charge here and you are not following my mandate. And I was yelling, I was impatient. My froth was coming out of my mouth, I was angry. And then one day when I saw that I was suffusing her, when I was suppressing her, I literally saw her light go out a little bit and something in me just woke up and I realized, wow, I'm not parenting, I'm just controlling because I'm coming from my movie and I'm not even interested in this human being before me. And that's when I came up with conscious parenting and realized that I've been in my ego for so long and I better shift course. And that's when the game began to change for me. And then, of course, I still am unconscious at times. It's not perfection. It's not a perfect destination. It's about becoming more and more awakened. You cannot just be a conscious parent. You have to become one. And that's why I wrote this book. It's for every parent out there, a step-by-step -step map for how to become a conscious parent. We have to put a link to this book below. I mean, I, I'm going to buy one for my mom and my family and a couple of my friends who I just think are in the position. I think we all, in fact, have a friend right now. Anyone listening, do you know someone or maybe yourself who could do with the ultimate roadmap to parenting in a conscious way? Like you just hit me. You just said I was unconscious. You know, I, unconscious. Think of what that really feels like and means when you're not awake when you're not living in a moment where you know you're actually thinking about what you're doing you're just allowing life to flow before you you don't want to be this book feels to me like it's the real true roadmap and answer right because we were never taught and we are winging it and we're just doing it from our ego because no one taught us that there is such a thing as the parental ego i never knew I thought I would love my kid and that love is enough. I then had to learn that, wow, my love is so conditional. My love is filled with control and domination and power and possession. My love is really unconscious love. And in order to enter conscious love, I needed to look at my ego. I needed to heal myself. Otherwise, I would use my child to fulfill my unmet needs and expectations. And that's what our parents did to us. 
So everyone, if you want to not do that to your kids, buy my book. It's called The Parenting Math because it will give you the tools and strategies to connect with your children, but mostly to unleash the resilience within your children and to unleash their innate inner knowing and their innate divinity, their innate empowerment. Our children have a knowing. Each human being comes with a knowing. Of course, they don't know everything when they're small, but they have an inner sense of who they are that needs to be developed. And that's what creates a resilient, adventurous, non-anxious kid. When you raise a kid to be comfortable in who it is they are. Wow. So profound. Well, your last book, Oprah described it as one of the most profound books on parenting she's ever read. So in order to get that kind of critically acclaimed, incredible words over your book, we know that this one is set to be absolutely sensational. I would say the best parenting book of all time. I am so excited for every one of you to to get this. What are you passionate about right now, Dr. Shafali? I think I'm always passionate about people suffering less. That's what I do. I have a coaching institute. I coach people to become coaches. I have courses. I write because for me, the human experience is so potentially joyful, but you need to know how to navigate this confusing world of form, which focuses so much on the external that you lose connection to the internal and that's where things get messed up. So all my teachings are to help people discover more of the internal ambiance, climate connection, so that they take with them this joyful presence. You know, it, life can be very confusing as it is, but it becomes more confusing because we're trying to live according to others' mandates. When we live by others' mandates, I think we don't live our life. That's his story, not ours. And when we yes. live others, we we lose sight of what we really want. I love that you you have this holistic membership based community, um, luminous by women for yes. women, which I think yes. is so powerful. So any of my girls out there today, um, you'll get the book and I'll put some links below so you're able to tap into our gorgeous Dr. Shabali's world and community, which I know you offer. Community is so important and we love that here. We we believe in community and we believe in connecting with like-minded individuals. And I know you have that in your programs and you teach Alison, you coaches. That's so cool. Go and learn to be an amazing coach. Dr. Shafali, what a better person. You, you want somebody who is a clinical psychologist combined with a wisdom teacher. I mean, you couldn't be on a higher level that you feel you're in the best hands. You're learning from somebody who's, who's so wonderful. And, and that's why, you know, I'm so excited for us to connect. There's so many things that I love that we're both women from outside of America who have come in with our own culture points and, and viewpoints. I think that that's really amazing. And parenting is just a topic which we all need. And at some point, even if you're not a parent, Learn about this in advance. Like if I could have learned about this in advance, having a kid, I read Gina Ford, you know, the Gina Ford books. I read those and they teach you about baby and they teach you about how to put your baby to sleep and it's brilliant. But if I had just read Dr. Shafali books in my early years of parenting or even before parenting, I would be the best mom ever by now. Wouldn't have taken me six years to get to the place of where I feel 
confident, you know, because a lot of it is about confidence. A lot of it is, and it all starts at the school. Am I right? Like, you know, when you're at the school place and all the mums are around collecting and there's this mum hub and it's like, unless your kid is popular, you aren't popular. It's a weird thing. I know. What is this? But that's why, you know, this work will help mothers to support other mothers because all that is the maternal ego at play. And the way we are with each other as mothers is really going to impact our children. We need to drop the facade of perfectionism, drop the facade of this trophy kid, and really become more supportive of each other and become more inclusive. And that's why women need to support women because ultimately how the mother is at home and her health is, I would say, of paramount importance. But if the mother is feeling like a failure because the other mothers have all these fantastic illness children, then you're going to really be impacted in your mental health and then your kids are going to be impacted. So if you're a mother out there that's feeling out of place, that's feeling that her kid is not the popular kid, then find your community. You know, I have a community of women that really support the average mom, the ordinary mom. We're not superstars. We're not trying to compete with each other. And find your own coven of women because sisters need to support each other. And that's really the the key, mothers supporting mothers. It's funny, getting into those support networks of mothers supporting mothers is so hard, but it's so good once you're in them, you know, like... Yeah. Even WhatsApp groups at the school, like we have WhatsApp groups at the school. And I think the more I'm involved and take my ego out of it, oh, because I'm this person, I wouldn't, you know, the more you just be a mom, because I am a mom, like I just, you know, like I go in in my trackies, I go with no makeup. I don't think the moms at school have ever seen me even with makeup. Like it's not about me, it's about my kid. And I want him to be happy. And I think getting into those circles and like doing things and socializing with the moms, it's really important for the kids. You know, I think it's yeah, because, because we want community for our children because we live in these little isolated pods now. So we parents need to create that atmosphere that our, our culture is not giving us anymore. We don't live together. We live so isolated behind tall gates and we have to schedule play dates months in advance. So all of that erodes our children's capacity to have aunties and surrogate parents and grandparents and cousins. So we need to replace that through community. Community is beautiful. You're right. And you know what? When my son comes off to school, he's like, Mama, can I have this boy over to play? Can I have Allie over? I'm like, sure. Like, let's just do it. You know, there and then. And I'll say to them, hey, does he want to come over? Or like, you know, we just, I think it's so important to just actually do it there and then and not have to be like, on the 24th of April, 2024, you know, like one year later. I think it's really important to just like rock it out there and then and just be like, let the child feel spontaneity and fun and imaginative because what do we admire children the most for? Their imaginations. We admire the children for their incredible abilities to think and feel and design their own world. We dream of being able to do that now as adults. We only hope, when I watch my son, when I want to be inspired, I watch my son play. And how he's so entertained by pebbles in the ocean for four hours. How, you know, it's amazing. I'm like, what? Yeah. Where do we lose sight of that as adults? Well, it's because we parents train them to go from one structured activity to the other because we are raising these supersonic adults, right? So we, uh, we take away their sacred childhood from them. 
And, you know, how many times have I been asked as a, when I was a young parent, oh, what activities are, is your kid in? Or what does your child love to do? And what is he going to become? Or is she going to become? And all of that pressure on the doing is anti-childhood, is anti the goal of childhood. The goal of childhood is to be simple, to create safety, security, success, significance in a very consistent, predictable, free atmosphere. But the more we put our kids into competition and one activity after the other that is supervised by rules and adults, you're robbing them of their ability to create their own rules and to create their own fun and their own games and to interact between each other because they can't come up with anything wild. But you and I were raised, we didn't have one activity after the other. So we came up, okay, we made our own rules. Okay, let's do this now and let's call the game this. And we, we became the creators of our own imagination. But now we're taking that away because everything is already thought about and everything is cooked and baked for them and given to them on the pedestal. And then we tell them that they should be motivated. And then we tell them that they should be creative. But we've taken the juice out of the creativity by killing childhood. So, right. You know, I learned something really interesting with with parenting. Somebody once told me, she said, when your child draws on a wall for the first time, right? I have all my my son's pencils right here, which I've been taking notes for. I don't know why I have his on my on my desk, but I do. And so I'm taking notes with them. And he says, he draws on the wall. And instead of me going over to him and, oh my God, what have you done? You have to go over. And you say, son, this is, or daughter, you know, this is beautiful. What an amazing piece that you've put up right there. It's just that we would like you to put it onto paper instead and to draw it out less on the walls because it's really hard to get this off. Whereas on paper, you can draw as many as you want and you find a way to not slate them and upset them and offend them for something they're just trying to express. He's just trying to express his creativity. Am I right? This is the, the right 100%. 100%. They don't know that you care about your white walls or your painted walls. They don't understand that. So you just have to redirect. Lots of redirection. Lots of, you know, saying, hey, let's do this instead. Always tapping into the yes of what they're doing instead of always slamming them down with a no. And then just redirecting them. You can do this over there. You can do this in a week. You can do this when you grow up. Or you can, you know, let's go to the moon, your child may say. And you're like, yeah, let's imagine going to the moon. Find the yes so that they begin to feel like, oh, my, my imagination is not being scoffed at. It's not being ridiculed. I'm being honored. And there's always a way to allow your kid to stay in flow. And we are the best at killing flow. You know, we're never in flow because we're all choppy, choppy, scheduled, running, stressed out. But children are in flow. They're in the present moment. I love that. Living in the present moment with flow. And that's exactly it. They just go from one thing to another and another thing. And they just live. They don't have bills to worry about. They don't have children who depend on them to worry about. They are the child. They are. Oh, that is such a beautiful way to look at life. And we should look at that and as adults and dream about it and be inspired by it. Okay. One, one final question I have for you. What is a funny story that your family tells about you that you would like to share with us? Um, I'm like my mom and dad, maybe, or my, or my daughter. Kid, the opposite way around. So what would yeah. your kids share about you? Oh, my kid would have a lot to share. I've, in fact, 
I've banned my kid from my conferences because she's not good for the brand. She's like, mom, should I come on stage and tell them about how you forced me into ballet and how you were so mean to me when I didn't want to do horse riding? And oh, she'll come with 20 stories out of her pocket. I have to always publicly say, I'm so sorry. Mom was unconscious. And she then will forgive me if she's in a good mood. No, she has a thousand things. She thinks I'm the most, you know, controlling, unconscious human being ever. But she will also say that she is grateful that I was also, you know, very easygoing and chill. And, you know, she she she's just hilarious. And she, she's got my number. You know, she knows who I am. She once told me, Mom, you are the most plush carpet that everyone likes to walk on. Oh my God, that's like 12 years old and she had me figured out. By six, she used to tell her friends, wait, wait, don't worry. My mom is saying no right now, but I'm just going to keep at it. And she's going to say yes. (laughs) By five or six, she knew that I was such a pushover. So she tells me, mom, like you you are the cause of your greatest sabotage, right? She knows. Um, and, And that's wonderful because she's right. In many ways, I have to learn boundaries and that's my thing. So she teaches me and I'm happy to learn. I don't want to be this all-knowing, all-powerful person. I want the mutual learning to go both ways. So I teach her about her and she teaches me about me. And and that's the most beautiful relationship to have where you both are each other's teachers. That's very special. I love that. And we should look at not only our children like that, but our partners and the ones that mirror us essentially around us. So important. Wow. I love that. Oh my goodness. Today has been such a fun time with you. If you've enjoyed listening to this or watching this as much as I have, make sure that you get yourself a copy of Dr. Shabali's book, The Parenting Map. Very easy to find. It's in all bookstores. It's everywhere. You can locate it, find it, get a copy of it, and then buy it for your friend who's a parent. You don't have to wait for a birthday. It is the nicest gift to receive from somebody at the school gates when you get given a book that is something that relates to you. And you know what? I'm like, that is such a nice thing. Someone's bought me a candle and a book or like a book and a little bag of truffles. And they really care. They really thought about something that I, you know, spoke about that I'm struggling with or something that I could be better at. And it's not a nudge at them. You're saying, I'm reading it. I'm loving it. You're going to love it too. You could be the best parent on planet earth, but you can always be more conscious. And I think that that's a wonderful way. Is there anything else you want to share with our audience? Well, just, you know, uh, go grab a copy of the book. You can have book clubs because when you grow together as mothers, especially, you learn from each other and parenting doesn't have to be the best kept secret. We need to be vulnerable. We need to be willing to say, hey, you know, the other day I just lost my shit with my kid and I'm going through this phase where I just can't get along with my teenager. And you will be surprised at how universal these issues are. All parents I have met, I've never met one parent who hasn't been on their knees with their kid, like humbled to the core, because this is a humbling journey. And if you had an easy kid when they were young, don't worry, trouble is coming because this is the nature of humans, right? They are complex, they are iconoclastic, they are individualistic, and they're going to clash against you. And that's okay. You just need to have a way to process it in a healthy way. Wow, like a toolbox, like having the toolbox ready to navigate through anything that may come at you. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. 
Oh, Natasha, thank you for your support. I'm so honored that I could be with you. Thank you so much. All of Dr. Shafali's tags are below. Make sure you share this episode with somebody today. Share it. Enjoy it. Listen to it again. Go through it and write notes on those five ego different points of the type of parent that you might be. I for sure was vulnerable today. I know that when you do the book yourself and read the book, dive in yourself, you will find what you're vulnerable in as well. And it will help you to progress forward. Like to the podcast, subscribe it so you can get more of this content to your phone every single day. We've got motivation and meditation every single day and our VIP and A-list guests come in on a Thursday like our gorgeous Dr. Shafali today. Thank you so much for being here. We love you guys and we'll see you soon. Bye.